What a great way to wake up. With a cup of logic, reason, and common sense. Welcome to the Independence Morning View. Let's get to it. Good morning to you wherever you are in the world. I'm Johnny Anderson. I'm joined this morning by Bruce Adams. Good morning, Bruce. How are you this morning? Yeah. Good morning. Um, You know, I don't know, man. I've been watching these, um, the RNC stuff, yeah. I went back to Uh some of the the RNC uh, the first night. I I didn't actually go and watch the first night. I was kind of like, political stuff. I'm like, Mm. I don't really. Actually, this this has been really, really pretty good. When you compare the RNC to the DNC, the... RNC is much better produced. Um, they learned some of the lessons on what not to do from the DNC, and um, it's been it's been pretty good. It's been you know I've I've walked away with uh, feeling some hope. Now that that's also tempered with um, feeling of not really fear but great concern. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, it, it's very hopeful. It's very upbeat uh, in, in compared to the uh, the DNC. You know, I've been watching some of it. Uh, and I, of course, I've just been watching like the uh, after the fact, the uh, the keynote stuff. And one thing that stood out to me was uh, what's her name? Uh, the, the one that was the Fox News host, uh, Guilfoyle. The woman was up there screaming to an empty hall. Like, what? OK, like, like that's that's a speech you give when you've got people in the crowd cheering. Right. Like Rudy did at the yeah. last RNC. Right. He went out there and he was screaming to a crowd of people. OK, that's what you do, but not to an empty hall. Not, not to an empty hall. I do have to agree that the production value, minus that little hiccup right there, uh, the mm-hmm. production value uh, is is much better. And, you know, I, I think about it. I'm, I'm looking at, at what happened at the DNC, and it's like it was dry. It was so dry. It was dull. It was boring. It was, it was victimization, and it was, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, y- you need us to do this for you. Like, that's the feeling I got. And the RNC was more of we're Americans. We can do this for ourselves. We, we don't we don't need a government to do this. You, you can do this. It was more about families. It was more about the nation. Instead, with the DNC, it was well, it was dry and there was really nothing to get excited about. Nothing. And we went over Hopefully. some of the lunatics they had there. Right. The um, yeah, the gender non-binary mermaid queen king. Uh, yeah. I'm I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. Talking about uh, no one in the Democrat Party is talking about true abolition. Uh, Excuse me. Uh, We're a nation of law and order. Thank you. I'm sorry. All that aside. But uh, that's right. They couldn't even get enough people to fill out a Zoom call for the DNC. How sad is that? How sad is that? And these are supposed to be the people that are up there with like all these celebrities and these sports stars and these uh, these Hollywood people. And it's like it's just so hollow. It's so fake. And I like, I feel like when you watch something like that, like you kind of I almost want to say you you lose a little bit of yourself, like you die inside just a little bit <laughs> because yeah. you do, because it's just you're watching. It, it's yeah. like, oh, my God, are you people are, like, are you serious? Like I when I watched, but I can't say much because the Guilfoyle thing that like, that threw me off. When I saw the Kimberly Guilfoyle yeah. thing for the RNC, I had to turn it off. I, I had to turn it off. I thought this is this is annoying. This is annoying. I don't need someone yeah. screaming at me. I, I don't need someone yelling at me or anything like that. And I, I just I turned it off. 
I couldn't watch it. But as far as some of the other speakers, Vernon Jones, right? We're, we're going to talk about some of the stuff this afternoon. Vernon Jones was awesome. He was awesome. Uh, he was the uh, he was the Democrat that's uh, mm-hmm. African American Democrat, a House member. Uh, he mm-hmm. was there. The uh, uh, what was the 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 kid the the kid that had the Indian beating the drum in his face? Yeah. Uh, the Covington kid. Um, uh, what's his name? Nicholas Sandman. Sandman. That's it. Him. He was good uh, with the <laughs> with this little maneuver there at the end. I like it. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's her name? Uh, Guilfoyle, Kimberly Guilfoyle. She made her, uh, not Kimberly Guilfoyle. Uh, what's her name? Uh, Kim Klasick made a speech, which by the way, uh, mm-hmm. we've got her campaign ad. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, which she, she is amazing. She, she is amazing. And I hope she wins and I hope she makes it because they, they really need someone like that. Well, not just point of being a rep in Baltimore, but the nation needs someone like that. Yeah. Also the Cuban immigrant, Maximo Alvarez, uh, his speech, we will play some of his speech this afternoon. It's touching. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, so you just have to, um, uh, catch us later on today for that. Other than that, uh, it's been a great it's been a great convention. You talked about uh, Melania's speech there a little bit. Uh, I, I haven't seen it yet. I was going to watch it tonight. Uh, but what what uh, what kind of stuff did she uh, she get into? Well, she she talked about a lot of her own projects that she's doing. Um, she she's done a lot of uh, like uh, we'll, we'll say charity work with kids and whatnot. She talked about that. She talked about um, she did disavow the um, the riots and whatnot. And it was it was good. The feeling of it, it just the, the entire RNC so far has been exactly as you said. It's been Americans are good. Like we we've done that. Like we're, we're not racists. We're, we're, we're not bigots. Like it, it just it was refreshing to to have people up there saying those things, um, saying it. It's so long. We, we've had the media beating us down. God, it's probably been what? 2004 2006 somewhere in there Mm -hmm. we've been beaten down constantly Mm -hmm. and to finally have politicians and not even politicians some of these are just your average person right um did you see uh, the uh the the uh the uh, mccloskeys did you see them did did they talk i I understand they had a slot to speak they did have a slot and i didn't actually see them speak and they're democrats Uh, i've they are democrats yeah the thing is though is the classic Democrat and uh, Republicans, there's not much difference between the two. A classic Democrat believes in more social programs, not socialist, but social programs, you know, bigger government. But generally speaking, we, we're on the same page uh, as far as, you know, uh, what what our beliefs are, right? We, we generally believe the same th- stuff. It, it's been shifted so far now because of the, the the Marxist nonsense that we're seeing, the rhetoric. So it makes it pretty easy for Democrats to to you know jump on board. To, it's I, I feel like it's not it's not Americans are more middle of the road than what we're being told. The the media keeps telling us that we're this you know far left and right. We're we're bigots on on the right, and we're the ones on the left are really the accepting. And and that's not the case at all. Americans are are typically good. The average American isn't racist. They're not homophobic. They're not, you know, uh, Islamophobic or whatever. They're typically good people and they care about their neighbors. And it's it's been really refreshing. It has engendered a little bit of hope. And uh, I'm, I'm sincerely hoping that Trump does win and that it is good for the nation and that we can get back to repairing the nation and, and trying for that more perfect union. And, you know, I think that's 
I think that that's what it will be, but I'm going to pull a theological term on you here. There's going to be a trial. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's going to be some tribulation here. Mm -hmm. We're going to have to go through a period of hardship. And by that, I mean, and that's anybody's guess as to what that's going to be at this point. I hope it doesn't get to the point where I I think it might go. And I I don't want it to, I don't want to see that happen. But uh, Mm -hmm. I, I want this to be as peaceful as possible because it can be, it can be. And for the first time in our history, and I'm not playing party politics by what I'm about to say, but for the first time in our history, the Democrats are maneuvering us into a position where there will not be a peaceful transition of power. It will not happen. They're already saying that they will not concede the election under any circumstances. That's what's being said by the likes of, well, guess who's back? Uh, Hillary Clinton. And I've got a quote from here. She says that she was asked, uh, the question was, what will Trump do if Biden wins, this this is her response to that. She says, I think Republicans have a couple of scenarios that they are looking toward. One is messing up absentee balloting. <laughs> you, OK, look, she's OK. She's mixing words here. She's talking about mail in voting. OK, that's, there's a big difference. here. Yeah. Absentee balloting yeah. is is completely different. You're a registered voter. You request a ballot. You get a ballot. It's assigned to you. That's all there is to it. Mail in voting is completely different. It's just uh, uh, here's a truck and it's got a thousand ballots in it and 500 of them are addressed to you. Okay. They believe that helps them so that they then get maybe a narrow advantage in the electoral college on election day. Uh, I don't think so. I, I don't think so. Wasn't a narrow advantage the last time on the electoral college. I don't think it'll be this time either. But uh, she never got around to the uh, the second scenario in that. She then said, Joe Biden, this is her quote. She says, Joe Biden should not concede under any circumstances because I think this is going to drag out. And eventually, I do believe he will win if we don't give an inch and if we are focused and relentless as the other side is. Uh, the other side's not focused and relentless, lady. They're not. They've spent, and when I say they, I'm talking about the Democrat Party. They have spent the better part of the last four years trying to overthrow a duly elected president and install her. She says that, now, hear what she's saying, Bruce. She says that she doesn't want to scare people, but she wants you, yeah, she wants you to be prepared. Okay. She wants you to be prepared. So she doesn't want to scare anybody. She just wants you to be prepared. She says that she has every reason to believe that Trump is not going to go. She says, you know, silently into the night if he loses. Uh, He's going to try to confuse us. He's going to try to bring all kinds of lawsuits. Uh, He's got his crony attorney general, William Barr, ready to do whatever's necessary. (laughs) Do you not see the redirection here? Do, Do you not see the they grab the agenda and they flip it back on itself, reproject it onto you because they think that somehow it absolves them of their guilt. That's all this is. That's all this is. We all know that they're not going by her saying that by her saying that Biden should not concede under any circumstances by her saying that she's saying that they won't give in. That's what she's saying. She says, I do believe he will win if we don't give an inch. Well, let me guess. So after it all comes in, And then you say, uh, okay, let let me explain what I think is going to happen here. The New York Times put out an op-ed piece saying that this is a possible scenario. They fraud the the popular vote like they did the last time, right, with mail-in voting. They they throw all that junk in there. Joe Biden wins the popular vote. Trump wins the Electoral College. Blue states secede. They swear in Joe Biden. They say that they are the legitimate United States. And then they take us to civil war. That's worst case scenario. That was an op-ed piece put out by the New York Times. But can you not... Not see that as a potential possibility by the way that they're behaving. Yes. 
I mean, they're doing everything possible to to wreck these states, these blue states and these blue cities. They're doing everything they can to wreck them. You know, it's it's going to be like East Germany. No offense to the Germans. It's going to be like East Germany at the end of the war before it was officially divided. It's going to be a bombed out mess and, and, a, and a burn to the ground mess. And it's never going to rebuild. And I will I will tell you this. OK, I will tell you this. And this is the sad fact. Uh, and this is the sad reality. And I know a lot of Germans that listen to us as well. Uh, and they know what I'm what I'm about to say is true. The East has never recovered. The wall came down 30 years ago. The East is still not fully recovered. Why is that? Because all the businesses where I'm at is considered to be the uh, the former uh, West. All the businesses are here. All the businesses are on this side. And after the wall came down, businesses and corporations thought, why would we pull up everything we've done and everything we've built up and move over there? So it's never recovered. And if they go down that road, it's possible that those cities will never recover. And if it does, it's going to take a century to recover, if not longer, depending on the uh, the way that uh, the rest of this outcome is going to go that we're talking about in the midst of all this Agenda 2030 garbage. So I don't know. I, I hope that doesn't happen. I hope that doesn't happen. But that was an op-ed piece out of the New York Times. And I, I'm thinking that maybe, maybe it's a possibility. I don't know. The way they're behaving, I see it as plausible. The riots that we've seen in the past here in the U.S., that has slowed progression in those cities by at least a decade. Um, the L.A. riots, I mean, it, it's hurt their own community in the areas. So, you know, I, I, and that alone is going to be, you know, a detriment to those cities, uh, especially with the this is happening like these Democrat cities that are that are already, you know, in, in a bad way are now in an even more bad way. Uh, with yeah. all these riots. And now they're uh, possibly positioning themselves for a civil war. I mean, man, do you want do you want this place to look like did, have you seen some of the pictures of, of part of Syria? What what happened in their civil war? Do, do you want the entire U.S., you know, the major cities and whatnot to look like that? And and for those that haven't seen those pictures, the the before and after, you know, it, it's a typical Middle Eastern city that looked, uh, you know, it's a pretty nice city in, in its own right. And then after that, it's just completely war torn. Bullet holes everywhere, buildings ruined, windows, doors, everything shattered, gone. Um, buildings are are either completely collapsed or collapsing. It's just rubble in the streets. It's a war zone. Is that is that what we're wanting to happen with the civil war? We have millions of guns. We we have more guns here in the U.S. than we do actual people. So, do we really think that's going to be a good idea? Uh, it's it's going to be. And then, what is it going to do for for us on the world stage? This is this is the other thing that really really frustrates me. The the left is more than willing to completely annihilate our image around the world. Image, we've talked about it. Image is really important. We're, we're just going to completely obliterate our image and the rest of the world. Do you do you think people really want to do business with a, a dysfunctional family? I mean, seriously, if we start going to war like that and start, do you think other countries are going to be like, yeah, man, we're going to go do business with the U.S.? Uh, no. No, not until not. we clean that problem up. Yeah, not, yeah. <laughs> not until we clean that mess up. You mentioned yeah. there about cities uh, and and how mm -hmm. you know you really want the cities to look like that. And I would argue that these cities already look like war torn zones anyway. I mean, I'm serious. Yeah. I mean, I, I spent time in in U.S. cities. You know, Baltimore, New York, yeah, um, especially yeah, D.C., Chicago, uh, Detroit. You know, cities that major cities, all the major cities in Ohio, Toledo. Toledo's a it's a wreck. Indianapolis, mm -hmm. it's a mess. Cincinnati, oh my God. Now Columbus, when I was back in Columbus, I thought, what in the hell is going on here? 
I mean, it was just it, it, it was it was a disaster. And I think by far and I and I Detroit, I mean, it was it was bad. And, and I don't mean any disrespect to the people that live there. I've met some fantastic people in American cities, every city I've ever been in. Great people. And I worked with people from Detroit. Uh, down in Ohio. They came down from Detroit to work in Ohio and vice versa. You know, they invited me to go up and, and go and uh, work in their offices in um, in Detroit. Had a lot of fun. But the decay of, of what's happening in these cities, uh, it's really tragic. And I wanted to play a campaign ad here. Now, it's a couple minutes long, but I, I think it's worth it to, to go through it. And this is, uh, this is a, a Republican candidate that won. Now, mind you, this is an African-American woman who I, I think she's early 20s and she like 20, 24, 25, something like that. Uh, sounds about right. She's she's in that range. Yeah. Uh, her name's Kim Klasik. I would invite you to uh, to go and look her up. She is not something that fits with the program for the modern day Democrats. She doesn't fit. So she um, she's 38. She's 38. Really? Yeah. She certainly yeah. does not look it. Goodness, she does not. She does not look it. I, I, seriously, I would have guessed early twenties. But nonetheless, yeah. okay. She uh, she has made it through the. She won the primary, uh, and she will be on the ticket in the general uh, come November. And I hope, I hope she makes it. I hope she makes it. She's representing a district in Baltimore, and I would like to play her campaign ad here. Now, mind you, she didn't plan any of this. They were just out filming and walking through streets in Baltimore, and they. They didn't prescript any of what you're about to hear as far as the interviews of them talking to people on the streets. They were just people that asked, hey, can we tell our story on your, um, you know, while you're taping here on what we think of what's happening in, in our district and what's happening in the city? And they said, yeah, sure, go ahead. And this is, I mean, they were asked, you know, do you want to defund the police? And to hear their answers, to, to hear some of the things that they talked about and what she says, what Miss Klazik says here is so important. Do you care about black lives? The people that run Baltimore don't. I can prove it. Walk with me. They don't want you to see this. War-torn streets. I'm Kim Klasik. This is Baltimore, the real Baltimore. This is the reality for black people every single day. Crumbling infrastructure, abandoned homes, poverty, and crime. Baltimore has been run by the Democrat Party for 53 years. What is the result of their decades of leadership? Baltimore is one of the top five most dangerous cities in America. The murder rate in Baltimore is 10 times the U.S. average. God. The Baltimore poverty rate is over 20%. Homicide, drug, and alcohol deaths are skyrocketing in our city. Do you believe Black Lives Matter? I do. The vast majority of crime in Baltimore is perpetrated against Black people, who make up 60% of the population. So why don't we care about our communities? The Democrat Party have betrayed the Black people of Baltimore. If the politicians walk the streets like I do, they would see exactly how their policies and corruption affects us. But they don't want to see it. They don't want you to see this. Go to any Baltimore neighborhood and ask this question. Do you want to defund the police? No. No. Absolutely not. I had three sons killed in Baltimore City. And I think if we defund the police office, it's going to be worse than that. So no, I'm opposed to that. What are you going to defund the police for? Why? How do you defend your city, your community? Families are losing people. 
it's not just Baltimore. The worst place for a black person to live in America is a Democrat-controlled city. It's 2020. Name a blue city where black people's lives have gotten better. Try. I'll wait. Look at this. How are children supposed to live here and play here? Democrats think black people are stupid. They think they can control us forever. That we won't demand better and that we'll keep voting for them forever. Despite what they've done to our families and our communities. Are they right? I'm Kim Klasik and I'm running for Congress because I actually care about black lives. All black lives matter. Our communities matter. Baltimore matters. And black people don't have to vote Democrat. You know, I have to say that's probably one of the better political ads that I've ever seen. That was really, really well done. I, I think you just say that because she's an attractive woman. I, I will. I, I plead the fifth on that. I mean, we're, we're still Americans. <laughs> we, we can plead the, the fifth on that. But I, I have to say, uh, no, I, honestly, honestly, the way that she yeah. laid that out. I mean, like I said, I've I worked yeah. in that city. I've been in that city and she is not she is not wrong. And it's not. It's not, I'm not sure what ward she represents or what district she represents. I'm not sure. But I can tell you it doesn't matter because if you go down any side street in Baltimore, that's what it looks like. That's what it looks like. You've got block after block after block of row house. They call them row houses. Row houses down through there boarded up and and overgrown infrastructure falling apart, holes in the sides of buildings. And I mean, you can see her clearly. She's walking along some of those things. The roads are are torn up and they've got a rat epidemic in the city of millions. I've, it's tens of millions of rats in the city and the drugs, the crime, the poverty. It's just it's out of control in that city. It's been out of control for a long time. And it's just it's really tragic is it was what's happened in that city. And, you know, like I said, I, I had I had fun in Baltimore. You know, I had, I had a, a great time in Baltimore, but I saw a different side of Baltimore than the average person that goes there to tour it. I saw the underside of it. Right. The uh, the the criminal justice side of it. I'll put it that way. And it's um, it's just it, it's really it's really a shame. And she's right when she says that any Democrat city, right, every major city in the U.S. is, is a blue city. When we say blue cities, we're talking about Democrat run cities. Look at these cities. Look what's happening. Look what's being done to those cities. It's a tragedy. It's an absolute tragedy. And for her to someone like her to come up and to uh, to point this out. I mean, what are they going to do? Right. What, what are they going to do? She says that she's going to wait. OK, well, I mean, she's going to be waiting a while because you can't prove her wrong. You can't. Yeah. Some of the stuff that she talked about there, we've actually uh, discussed as well. Like um, Baltimore, we, we've talked about like the, the roving wolf packs that we've seen there that would go around and beat people or, or rob people or uh, for you know, no reason at all. Of course, you have no reason to beat someone and, and um, rob them, honestly. Uh, unless it's beating someone as self-defense, but it, we, we've seen a decline in those in those cities, and now uh, <laughs> we've seen an even bigger decline in those cities because of the the rioting. And, and so, yeah, I I, I hope she does uh, does well in her uh, uh, in the in the general election coming up mm-hmm, coming up mm-hmm. for her. Yeah. See, Bruce, isn't it nice to talk about nonsense politics at this time? Because now is when we're supposed to be talking about nonsense politics. We're not supposed to be talking about riots. We're not supposed to be talking about looting, right? 
We're not supposed to be talking about a pandemic. We're supposed to be talking about yeah. the, the election and all these different people yeah. coming up. And she's one of them. Again, I have to echo what you say. I hope she makes it. I, I really hope she makes it. But we are going to have to go. Unfortunately, we're out of time this morning. We are going to talk some of the uh, RNC tonight. So you don't want to miss us for that. A little bit more laid back today, I hope. Anyway, so thank you for sitting down this morning, Bruce. Thank you to all the listeners for all these topics and more. Please check us out later on this afternoon. And I hope everyone has a great morning.